Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, the Pewter Post Game Show, where we are talking about, for the first time in what feels like a long time, a victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They defeated the Los Angeles Rams, the other team besides the New Orleans Saints that have just had the Bucs number, but they vanquished their enemy, their foe, with a late comeback or rally if you want to say winning 16 to 13 in a dramatic last second touchdown from Tom Brady to Kate Otten with nine seconds to go in the game we will break it all down as the Bucks were in the jaws of defeat and they escaped the clutches of defeat to win this game I am your host Matt Matera join with me is my co-host my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com, J.C. Allen. J.C., for as bad as that game was for about 85% of it, it was <laughs> an exhilarating, such a fun final thing to the game. And no matter how ugly it looked at times, a win is a win is a win is a win is a win. And the Bucks won, and they're in first place in the NFC South. So go figure. Uh, how you doing, my man? This is uh, pretty pretty wild <laughs> you know what it never gets old i've watched that over the years uh yeah. for the last 23 years um and it never gets old watching brady just do what he does best it was awesome and to quote tom brady that was awesome that was awesome i'd swear but i don't want us to get flagged on our podcast or, or yeah. youtube and, and, and change our audience but you guys know what i'm saying that was great just watching brady orchestrate in two minute drill by himself calling the plays and not having any interference on the sideline was just amazing. And it should do it more often. I loved it. I, lo I absolutely loved it. Brady is just, he, he can dissect the defense like no other, especially when everything counts and it's all on the line. Just incredible to watch. Yeah. So the bucks won 16 to 13 and um, we'll kind of go in reverse in this game because I think we should, because things have been so bad for the bucks lately, JC. So the fact that they finally won, I feel like we should ride the high of the best drive and the good things on the defense, and then we can kind of work our way back into the struggles of the team. You had a tweet, which I completely agree with, that uh, you know Byron Leftwich and the Bucks offense in general doesn't get absolved because Brady called all the last plays um, right. on that last drive. But we will talk about that last drive, that exciting comeback in just a moment. But first, we will remind everyone, that the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Post Game Show is brought to you by our friends at Celsius. I'm currently drinking a uh, watermelon berry Celsius Ooh. energy drink. The vibes are always very high on the show, and I would recommend getting the Arctic Peach or Tropical Vibes. All great flavors. Um, they have a variety of flavors, which is awesome, whether it's uh, you know peach mango, watermelon, strawberry lemonade, uh, cucumber lime, a lot of different flavors there. And, of course, Seven Essential Vitamins, the healthy energy drink that you can get that, of course, is Celsius. Go to the store locator, see where you can get one at your local bodega, convenience store, Target, Walmart, or go to Amazon. Do the subscribe and save where you can save money. Have it sent to your house apartment one, two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want. Um, get the variety pack. Variety is the spice of life. I'll keep telling you guys that. Because uh, it's an awesome, fantastic energy drink, uh, just like how this game was awesome and fantastic at the end. So uh, Celsius.com, Celsius hashtag live fit. Make sure you're drinking those drinks. So like I said, we're going to work our way backwards um, 
towards the end of the game and then get back to the beginning. You said it. You, you never get tired. It's, it's time Brady, eight game drives. That well, He already had a career best 68, but with this comeback, fourth quarter slash overtime drive, well, this one fourth quarter, but uh, he extends his record to a very nice 69 fourth quarter and overtime uh, comeback wins. And this one, I think, was up there. It was one of his more impressive for the fact that the Bucs had no timeouts. The, uh, the defense did a great job of uh, of stopping the Rams, which I know they were doing a great job pretty much the whole game, but with their recent track record of allowing huge run plays, it was at least in the back of my head of like, well, there's a chance that they don't get the stop here. But they did. They had the ball. The Rams punted it with about 54 to 50 seconds on the clock. So Bucks had about 48 and change. With no timeout, still having to go at least, you know, <sighs> 70, whatever. I don't remember when they started, but at least like 70 plus yards down the field. And that whole drive was sparked right away with a great throw and an even better catch by Kate Otten over the middle. A nice diving catch by Otten got them over midfield where they could all run down and spike the ball with 30 plus seconds to go. Brady then dumps a pass to Leonard Fournette. He then completes a couple passes on the sideline to uh, Scotty Miller, who made up for an egregious drop in the end zone uh, on the prior drive. Uh, Hits Otten a time or two. And then, of course, the big play. uh, First and goal with 13 seconds to go. They fake the handoff to Leonard Fournette. Otten, who was blocking on the play, just slips out to the side a little bit. Brady dumps it off to him, and he gets into the end zone with nine seconds to go. The reach by him too, just yeah. in case. Just in case. I don't know what the guy is behind me, but I'm gonna reach for it. It uh, was it was truly, truly just for as bad as this offense was, it was exceptional on that last drive. I don't know why the Rams did not defend the sideline. Like they played some weak ass coverage on that last drive. And oh, of course, there's a pass interference penalty that Mike Evans was able to draw. So Really, a lot of guys stepped up in that final drive. No one bigger, of course, than Kate Otten. But, hey, Brady did what, what Tom Brady does, JC. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, <laughs> you gave Brady one chance at it. To give him a second chance at it, yeah, it's not something I, I'd advise that, right? And it came yeah. up just short on that first chance, um, you know. But then you know, you got to just laud everyone and, and it's unlikely people Kate Otten, right down the scene for 28 yards. Leonard Fournette has the wherewithal to get out of bounds with four after a quick four yard gain Miller with 14 Miller was seven. And then the P the defensive pass interference was huge. That was mm-hmm. not because not only does it stop the clock, it, it, it gives you that the ball on the first on the one yard line with the amount of time that they had left. I, I believe it was 13 seconds, uh, 16 seconds. So that gave you the ability to really take three quick shots at the end zone. And then if you needed to maybe try a running play on that fourth and final down, if you were from one yard out and they didn't need it, they didn't need it. Kate Otten with the, with the, with the one yard touchdown reception, the first of his career tight end one. If there's any doubt before, he is tight end one. He has separated himself from Brait, um, even though Brait's been dealing with injuries, uh, you know, the next brain and the concussion. I think it is said, it is well done and said that uh, Kate Otten is tight end one. He's blocker. He, he can do a lot of things in the passing game, as we've seen, not just a short catch type of guy. He, he can 
you can kind of he can split the field and get down there 28 yards and he's only going to get better too that's the thing the more he's oh, in yeah. this offense and with a with a year in an NFL training offseason and an NFL training and getting bigger uh, and stronger his blocking's going to improve like I, I really you know I've been in on K Dotton since January and he came through today that last drive was just a thing of beauty and, and you know it's exactly what this team needed because the Seahawks are red hot and they're going to Germany and we you know international games, anything can happen. Yeah. And um, you know, th- now they're going into this game with a dub and now they have a chance to get to five and five before the bye week and kind of reset. So uh, it was a huge win, huge drive. And do you expect anything less than Br- from Brady? I-, I really, I've come to just, yeah, just- I get, I get more, <laughs> I get more surprised when they like, don't get the game winning whatever it is, two point conversion, touchdown, uh, you know, first down, whatever it is. I, I just think at this point, you you're more surprised when he doesn't accomplish whatever he's out there uh, trying to accomplish. And I'm absolutely with you. Kate Otten proved tonight that he is their tight end one. And listen, we're sorry that camp break got hurt the way he got hurt, but you know, Kate Otten should be tight end number one. Uh, for everything that that you pointed out, also very surprising. This has happened the last couple of weeks. Now he did have a reception in the first half, but it seems like the Bucks don't typically implement Kate Odden in the offense until the second half. I don't exactly know why, but he makes his biggest plays um, in the second half, which I want to start seeing that a little bit more uh, in the first half because he's becoming that third option. You know, Julio didn't do much again tonight, and looks like he got hurt again. Um, they sprinkle in the running backs here and there, but they really don't have that clear-cut third option. Scotty showed some stuff today, but I don't really expect that to be consistent moving forward. Rashad Perryman was absolutely abysmal. Um, oh. So I really think Kadon could be that top guy. I mean, we've been saying it for a long time now, that the Bucks need like that big red zone option that has been nullified with Rob Gronkowski not here this season. And Kadon, is, first of all, to have your first career touchdown, what a way to have your first career touchdown. <laughs> I think Game Tom Brady winner. said it best. Tom Brady said it best where um he gets up to the podium in his post-game press conference before there's even a question asked. He just goes, That was awesome. That was effing awesome. Um this team needed it in the absolute worst way with the way that the, you know they kept losing. As JC cracks open a Pirate Republic, a uh, much needed Pirate Republic for any Bucks fan that um that uh, has watched this team for over the past couple of weeks. I want to thank Leo for this $5 super chat. Leo says, great win. Still want Byron gone. Luke should be done for the year. Bucks beat Seahawks. They're 500 with rest of the season ahead. Rams were the toughest defensive line. That's true. They don't have to block against Aaron Donald when they go to Germany. That's always uh, a good thing. And shout out to Nick Leverett. Shout yes. out to Nick Leverett, who he got beat by Aaron Donald one time, and it was on a running play where Donald kind of squeezed in between him and Hainsey. He wasn't beaten in pass protection by him. He actually I, Donald, I Donald got that sack when he went up against Donovan Smith. Yeah, and and yeah, he also he got, got good pressure going against Shaq Mason and, and over there on the right guard. In fact, one of the final plays of the game, uh, he was lined up against Shaq Mason. Uh, instead of testing a Nick Leverett. And, th- and one time that he did try to test him, Nick stood him up. I, I tweeted out a video. I've got- actually sent it to Nick after the game. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know, like he he stepped up big. He stepped up big. 
um, against this defensive line. Uh, and I agree with Leo 100%. Luke's got to be done for the year. I don't know how bad that ankle injury is, but what I've seen the last two weeks, and no, there is no bias because, you know, uh, I've been rooting for him for the past couple of years. He just looks better. He just looks better. There is there is no argument anyone can make for Luke Gedeke that he should continue to start. And this isn't us like showing vitriol towards Luke Gedeke. It's just the facts of the facts. Nick Leverett has played really well, and Luke Gedeke has struggled heavily. So why don't you go in with Nick Leverett, who's helped this team be better, and let Nick Leverett, uh, let Luke Gedeke learn from the sideline? And you know what? You can wipe the slate clean, turn over a new leaf, and go back at it in training camp next season. Right. Like he's just a rookie. And if he's hurting the team, you have another guy in there that has played much better against Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle in the league, and a future Hall of Famer. History. It could be the yeah, history. Possibly history. Possibly like, history. I just want to address this comment by 18137. It says he takes calm down with the Gronk talk. I'm not comparing him to Rob Gronkowski. You would be certifiably insane to say that he's, you know, Rob Gronkowski 2.0. Yet, all I'm saying is that the Bucks had a huge hole in the red zone where they needed someone else there besides just, um, you know, Mike Evans in the red zone where Gronk was right. that number one answer. I'm not saying Auden is Gronk. I'm just saying he can help in the red zone, help um, get back on track where they missed a lot with and he did. So that's all yeah. I, yeah which he did that's all i'm saying there i'm not saying that he's as good as rob Gronkowski. that is um that is clearly not the case no. um and they so still we, miss rob Gronkowski, no doubt yeah, especially on yeah, third down situations they like they could definitely uh <laughs> they could definitely definitely use them i'll go out to mark fisher real quick lesson from the two-minute drive throw the ball down the field <laughs> you see it's not a surprise man that most of the times when the Bucs score, because like, listen, they don't score a lot. You know, they just won. That was awesome. That was an exciting game. We're all going to remember that last drive. But the Bucs were averaging 18 points per game. They went below that average today with right. 16 points. It's not a surprise that multiple weeks now you can go back to the Packers game. You can go to that Steelers game. You can go to, obviously, this one. Most of the time when the Bucs are scoring, it's when it's, less than two minutes or they're just going no huddle and Brady's calling the place and voila, they score. All right. There, there's no, there's no sugarcoating it now. There's no surprise. A lot of stuff on the offense has to change. One of them I would like to see is just keep going up tempo because to. it works for the, it works for this team. It, it obviously slows down the defense. They get a little more tired and, you saw them move the ball down the field in 48 seconds and did a fantastic job with that. <laughs> uh, we need to see more of it. <laughs> right. It's the way that they can gas it. They're not going to gas anybody by running the ball. You've got to gas them by going in that hurry up, limit the the um, substitutions they can make, and, and put the ball in Brady's hands and put the call, most importantly, in Brady's hands. And that's going to be the difference, and we've seen that. We've seen that in multiple games before the half when they had the ball and they're moving down the field today when they had the ball moving down the field in that hurry up situation, Brady had a shotgun working in the hurry up, getting people lined up, calling the plays. It's just been, it's just been so much better for this offense and it's worked. You know, you look at halftime and, and on the, on the broadcast, uh, they did an interview with, with bowls and he's like, yeah, we need to run the ball. We need to throw screen passes more. Every time they Yo, ran the ball through a screen pass, I thought I that was so I obviously was on the the live stream with Paul Atwal 
we both thought it was it was fake. Like we saw that someone had tweeted it. We legitimately thought it was fake that Todd Ball said we need to run the ball more or whatever the saying was. Because they were running it on first and second down. And the screen passes, I'm just sick of them. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick of screen. I'm sick of screen plays. They're the worst thing that they've ever come up with. And they keep going to two pick sixes on those. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude. It's 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 really bad. I, I want to get into more of the, the issues of the offense, but I said we're going to stay positive first. Um, yeah, right, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Going down we the Byron talk- train. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, let's talk about the Bucks defense, though, because we gave them a lot of flack last weekend. We've gotten on their case for slowing down in the second half and, and not you know staying up to speed. Outside of the the big Cooper cup play and the Bucks still have a problem of not being able to take away uh, the opponents, like top offensive weapon. You can go back to the chiefs game. You can go to the Panthers game. This one as well, outside of another blown coverage, which I don't know how they're still having these blown <laughs> coverages, but again, we're going to say positive. This defense was terrific tonight. That was the only touchdown they allowed. Um, they got to the quarterback four times Vita Vea. Did he benefit from Akeem Hicks being back? lineup? I think so. Vita was fantastic in this game multiple sacks an incredible job it was good to have Akeem Hicks in there um we got to give credit to Devin White Devin White played a really good game if we're going to harp on him for how he played last week we got to give him credit for how he played this on today's game I thought he did a much better job than in weeks past the return of Carlton Davis that was a a huge help as well Jamel Dean balled out once yeah and Jamel Dean balled out once again so Shout out to this Bucks defense for showing up. Four sacks in the game, mostly led by this man, uh, Vita Vea. Just a terrific, terrific job by the uh, you know the entire defensive line for the Bucks, starting off with Vita Vea. Yeah, they did amazing. I mean, they limited they limited the Rams to just 206 yards overall. Now, if you take out that long, deep, busted play of 69 yards, it brings it to 137 of total offensive yardage. Now let's just take out Cooper Cup in general. With they had 206 Cooper Cup at 127, 79 yards of offense outside of Cooper Cup. They limited the rushing game to less than 70 yards on the ground, which was uh, it was 68 net rushing yards when you include sacks and all and, and all, like negative plays and stuff like that. So they did a great job. I mean, the Bucks didn't do a good job running the ball themselves, 51, no, no. but. The defense did a great job, and you know it. I think the best part of the the best part of the the Rams' offense was actually their punter. <laughs> he had four hundred and seventy-seven yeah. punting yards. <laughs> like he was the best offense they had, changing field position for them. Uh, and, and the defense stepped up. I have multiple guys on most impressive, which is just pub right now. Um, you know, car, from Carlton Davis. Uh, coming up and making multiple tackles for loss and the running game and passing game, having really locked down coverage. Is anyone here Jamel Dean's name at all? I didn't because they didn't target Hardly. him. Cause he, yeah. Because <laughs> he was so good. Uh, he's been – and he's still – he's just been so consistently good throughout the season. Vita Bayo, as you just mentioned, the two sacks. Joe Trinchenko was all over the place. All over the place. He had two near sacks. One of them led to the Vita Vea's second sack. The other one led to the Gennard Avery sack. Yeah, he had that five, that offside penalty. 
which would have which nullified his own sack. But he yeah. was everywhere on, <laughs> over there as well, too. I think the safeties had a little bit of a, a tough time. Sean Murphy Bunting came up with some big tackles as well to prevent some big plays after they broke contain. So, you know, there, there was a lot to talk about on that defensive side. Uh, Levante David had a nice play to, to end the drive, and he also had the, the near interception in the goal line. You know, all around the defense played very, very well. Yeah, really happy with 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 what they did. And again, they kept it together in the second half. I thought they were going to crack at one point when Darrell Henderson got that big run after yeah. he broke a tackle. But two big runs. Yeah, two big runs. But inevitably, they got it together. If you only allow field goals in the NFL, odds are that you are going to win the game unless you have the Bucks offense who just can't score touchdowns until the most dire uh, moments in the game. Um. Just want to get to some more comments here. Uh, a lot of great people in the chats. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys it. so much. Make sure you yeah. like and subscribe. And yeah, please like and subscribe. Fun. Follow all of our stuff at pewterreport.com. And, of course, um, yeah, cheers. Uh, Francisco says, offense needs to start rolling, but I have doubts because of Leftwich. Yeah, I don't know exactly what's going to to uh, you know change there. Malcolm, in all caps, says, Brady sounded confident about the Seahawks game. It's crazy how one win can change a lot. It doesn't matter that they lost three in a row and lost the teams that they absolutely should have beaten. Um, you win one game and you, you feel like you're on top of the world again. A common sensei said Dean is our best corner this year. That's absolutely true. Seaside 86 says uh, absolute shout out to Jake Camarda. That boy can punt a ball. <laughs> I think this is Camarda's best game of the season. Uh, and... and I didn't have the um, I didn't have the volume on and stuff. Was, uh, live, but it's like one to where is that the inch line and they, they called touchback on it. it. Were the announcers saying that Bowles should have challenged it? Yes, they should have been like a thousand times. Hundred percent, and he had a whole commercial break to do it. That should have been challenged. They would have been <laughs> down at the one. Didn't matter. The Bucks defense stepped up and forced a punt. But I mean, that could have been. That was a situation where I think they were still only down three. Where you potentially get a safety there, and now and then you get the ball back, and now you're down one, and it's a different game. Yeah, you know, so like, yeah, he had an amazing game. I think his longest was of 74, which tied the Bucks all-time record. Um, and then he actually, I think he had, I think he had a record too that he broke too with his punts. Um, was it the highest like net net punter or the top six net punter? um ever like in the nfl like he was just on point i'll find the stat and bring it up when i do yeah. but he was he was on point he was huge he got the game ball matt yeah well, i was gonna say uh, he did get the game ball which was really important john v says golden leg referring to uh jake camarda <laughs> jake cobian uh says camarda has cojones so uh yeah a lot of a lot of love and rightfully so for jake camarda who's been a little like up and down this season uh no question there but it, it's um it, it was good to see him have a big game because he that's why he got the game ball because I don't know if the Bucks can make this comeback if he doesn't you know keep the Rams deep into uh, that category. Oh, wow. We're gonna continue to talk about this great rally for the Bucks uh, coming back. But first, you know we just said we can we can count on Jake Camarda. There's uh you know a, a lot of a lot of things to like about him. You could almost bet on him getting a, a great punt. And if you're going to go betting in the Tampa Bay area, you best be going to the Seminole Hard Rock and Casino 
in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara because I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike. I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Putting my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Never know when you can win big over at the Seminole Hard Rock and Casino in Tampa. I kind of wish I, uh, I had bet on Kate Otten to score a touchdown because that probably would have been a pretty big payout. His first career touchdown comes in literally like the biggest moment. You really couldn't ask for a better like first career TV than having no. a game winner. It, it was essentially a walk-off. I mean, there was nine seconds. And by the way, there's nine seconds left. They had to go 80 yards down the field. Well, I guess like 50 yards to get in field goal range. But on that play, there was like a thousand different laterals. We'll show another uh, K-Dot touchdown right there. There was like a thousand different laterals on the play. I didn't check the uh, the box score for that specific uh, moment, but technically the Bucks recovered it at the end. Does that count as a turnover? Do you know who it was? It was Joe Tryon Tranka. Yeah, I thought it was Joe Tryon Tranka. So he broke the streak. Yeah, he broke the streak and it added to an overall well game that he played, just getting pressure back there. And yeah, he recovered the fumble. So technically, this team has had a turnover since week four now. Uh, something I don't know if you build upon that and point that out, but hey, it's good awareness to end the game, right? We've saw what happened in the Miami Miracle against the Patriots a few <laughs> years ago. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you never know. It could always, it, it could always happen. And, and it was good heads up play to end the game. So, uh, and really kind of put the dagger in them with that, with that uh, fumble recovery. Shout out to D row 83 for the four ninety nine super chat. They say, uh, great job guys. I always rush from work to watch you guys live at 4 PM. Great game. Besides the heart dropping win go bucks. We really appreciate that D row. Thanks for uh, tuning in with us uh every single week for those who might be watching for the first time we do our show four times a week we do it uh monday where we'll have roll call that'll be tomorrow we do it monday wednesday and thursday all at four o'clock and then we have the pewter tailgate show which is our preview before the game on sunday we have our pewter game day show which is um during during the game where we give our insights and analysis and reaction. And then what you're watching right now is the Pewter Post Game Show, just another Pewter Report podcast, where we react to everything that happened in the game. So if this is your first time watching, appreciate it. Or if you watch all the time like D-Row, we thank you guys for that um, as well. We try to get into literally everything that went on in this game. So uh, one last thing about the defense. I think we got to talk about just you know, heading into next week against Seattle, is this a sustainable type of pass rush that the Bucs have? Because obviously, you know, we talked a lot about Vita Vea playing great, um, getting to the quarterback. 
You watch him uh, celebrating right there. And then Nacho. Nacho had his first career sack as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. We've been yes, long looking. Overdue. We've been wanting this for yeah, very long overdue. We've been wanting this for a very long time because he has the great uh, celebration in general. He does it when he stops the run, but he did it on the sack here where he scoops a Nacho down and then brings it up and uh, eats it because obviously that's his nickname, Nacho. So that was great to see. But moving forward, I mean, we talked a lot about. The, the struggles on the Rams offensive line and, and how um, there's a lot of replacements there. Uh, can the Bucs keep this going next week against the Seahawks? Or was it just, hey, they took advantage of a mismatch that they had going into this game? Well, make no mistake about it. This line was beat up and they lost yeah. Alric Jackson early on in the game. So they were down. He was their emergency tackle. So they were down to their emergency, emergency tackle. Um, and, and Brian Allen, their center, was injured. Uh, was you know limited participant all week, so this line sh has struggled throughout the year. But you know what? I, I think the return of Akeem Hicks, even though he looked gassed a little bit, especially when they were going on those long runs with Daryl Henderson and such, I think his his ability to be back here is why Vita had such a good game because you can't double team, and that's what they've been doing. They've been double teaming Vita Vea and saying, okay, Nacho, who's more of a rotational guy, or or even Logan Hall, who's a rookie. They've they've both struggled, you know, a little bit to get off those blocks and take those double teams. But when you give Vita Vea one on one, uh, you know, he's going to make yeah. teams pay for it, and uh, that's exactly what he did today. You know, just using that strength. I, Tony Romo kept calling him a bully down there, and that's what he does. He bullies his way into the backfield, and I think Vita Vea for sure um, can only build upon this game. You know, he's at his career high for sacks. Just signed that big contract. Um, you know, he, he, he had a couple mental lapses in the game, but not huge, um, in the running game because they didn't really run the ball that well. But, you know, I think that it, it's going to change the dynamic. They still, they're still going to miss Shaq Barrett. That's not, that's not saying that they won't, but I think there's more to build upon from this pass rush that we saw this week. Um, even going up against the Seahawks line, who's slightly better. They're not much better. Trust me, and right. <laughs> got rookies playing in there that are playing really well in cross and, and a couple of those other guys. But I still think the Bucks should be able to, I don't want to say have their way, but at least apply good pressure. And the, the most encouraging thing, Matt, today was they did it a lot with four. And that's yes. something that ha we haven't seen from the Bucks in a while. Uh, they didn't get too crazy. Uh, with the blitz pack. Yeah, they they blitzed Devin White here and there. They they sent a couple of blitzes, but yeah, they they did not they did not go to that well too often, which I think was uh was important for them. Obviously, learning their lesson uh, <laughs> from from, from from last season uh, when the when they ended the season uh, against the Rams. We talked a lot of positivity. Couple MVPs on the team right now. Obviously, Jake Camarda, Ryan Suckup too, with the exception of that block, but that wasn't his fault. Uh, Vita Vea and MVP in this game, Tom Brady and Kate Otten as well. There, there's no question there. But let's also remember that there was a lot of bad <laughs> before that final yeah, drive. Cool. And mostly, again, the defense kept the Bucs in the game. Uh, yeah, kept the Bucs in the game. So uh, not too much to really harp on, on the Bucs defense outside of that blown coverage again, which we kind of already highlighted. So who, who is that on is, is what we'll really see. And I'm sure the the masterminds over there and, and Ledyard 
Capo and and yeah. uh, and Atwal all yeah. jumping the twenty two and tell us who was it really? It looked like it was Keanu Neal was originally because he pointed. He was he was like I'm I'm going like right. I'm sending you off to the next guy. But there was talk about could it have been Carlton Davis who was supposed to jump in the inside? <laughs> was it Mike Edwards? Who Mike Edwards had a couple plays that he was off on yeah. this game for sure. Uh, a couple missed tackles and 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 stuff like that so i mean but we'll find out who that was i'm sure josh will have a film room study on it so yeah we'll we'll get to the bottom but you're right they played really well it's more the offensive side matt that's really had its struggles and and um and a couple guys on the offensive line in particularly oh wow uh sky let's just put a tweet in the uh in the report group chat says uh sources around the league believe with that with the with that Bucks win, tight end Rob Gronkowski could be mulling a comeback to help the team win the division. Gronk on Fox NFL Sunday today. My ex girlfriends miss me. Uh, something Ooh. to monitor. You were the one that called that he was going to make a comeback. I still don't truly believe it. Um, but as as the tweet said, definitely something to to monitor and pay attention to. Jensen and Gronk, I said, um, will be back sometime shortly after the bye. Whether yeah. that's first game back or or the second or third i think they both come back to this team and that's the boost they need to win a championship the nfc is in shambles shambles yeah outside I of the like, eagles really outside of the, the eagles yeah even the eagles i, mean, I think they're undefeated exposed by the right yeah but they're play, think, the teams they're playing yeah no i agree with that i mean they beat the cowboys but with Cooper Rush and they beat the giants <laughs> uh no they didn't play the giants yet no i hear you the eagles haven't played like the toughest of competitions, but um, and the Bucks could still use Gronk with the way that they're off. Of course, they're down red zone. Of course, great. You imagine yeah. having him and Kate on over there, and Mike Evans and Godwin. I mean, that's a different yeah. look. And JC, that's the problem is that if the Bucks don't win this game, what we're talking about, it, ooh, Travis Kelsey just got uh, knocked on his head. What we're talking about is it, it's that it's Groundhog's Day. It's the same thing over again, where they couldn't execute in the red zone. They got stopped on a third and two in a short yard situation. They couldn't get that going. And first down runs. Of, first down runs. <laughs> they went six in a row before God. they they before they passed it, and then they didn't even use a lot of play action when it showed like how important it was. So it's the same issues over and over and over again. I thought uh, I thought Byron Leftwich was just trawling us at one point because he would run it and. You know what? They had a little success. They did not run the ball well, but Rashad White should be the starter at this point. Again, yes. can't really be, can't really have an argument. Rashad White ran it eight times for 27 yards. That's a 3.4 average. Leonard Fournette ran nine times, so one more rushing attempt for 19 yards, an average of 2.1. Keyshawn Vaughn got two, got two uh, rushing attempts, which I thought was crazy, and they credited a rushing attempt to Chris Godwin. So in total, they ran it. 20 times for 51 yards. And occasionally they would get a good run with Rashad White and then they'd run it immediately again on second down. I just, <laughs> I don't understand why they kept running on first and second down. Kept You're putting themselves in these tough third down situations. And they did it over and over and over, even when <laughs> it was clear that they weren't moving the ball. And Tony then Romo was lighting them up. He was Good. lighting them up Good. on the broadcast. And, and then, he was saying, you, know, you saying he, they did do a, fir, a play action on. He's like, that's what they should be doing right there. I don't know why they're yeah. not doing more of it. I'm like, Tony, go down there and call plays or something, please. <laughs> and in the passing game, I just, something needs to change. They got to stop with the screen game. They get so screen happy. 
Um, some people warning about Chris Godwin. Like, I don't know. Chris Godwin has had some solid games. I'm not going to freak out because he had one game. Wow, great catch by former Bucks wide receiver uh, Justin Watson down the field for those watching the uh, the Chiefs-Titans game. But they're not – I mean, Kadon showed up later in the game. But the passing game is just so stagnant. They had multiple three and outs again. And at this point, I don't know who else you could really blame than – Byron Leftwich, because Brady show, is showing that he's still looking solid. Mike Evans, I don't particularly think had the best game. He drew some penalties, which healthy. was important. Yeah, he got hurt early in the game, and I think that really lingered on because he, he made some bad drops. Keefe had a bad drop. Um, Julio got injured into this week too, though. Yeah, Julio got injured in the game. Uh, Brashad Perryman had a an awful drop and Scotty had that drop in the end zone too. So the bucks have a little bit tougher though. I'll give Scotty a little bit of a leeway. I mean, he was diving through the air. I mean, he's got to catch it. He's got to catch it. I don't think it's not like it's Evans or Godwin. It's Scotty Miller. You know, he did. I feel like he redeemed himself enough on that final drive. He he redeemed himself, but he's an NFL player. So I don't think, Oh, he jumped is a good enough excuse for, for dropping that ball. Some (laughs) were saying I'd have to watch the replay. But some people were also saying that the jump was unnecessary. I don't 100% know. We only saw it that one time. Jumps uh, are flashy. They are flashy. Think about it. Like when you were a kid, if you were at a pool or someone's <laughs> pool, your own pool, and you, how many times would you jump off a diving board and go and try to like catch? Bro, catch I would jump in the middle of like a pickup game in the field just to make it look a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, ugh, like, why so, don't I do that? Yeah. So everyone, so everyone has done that. Um, but, you know, this offense. They again, they got lucked out because the defense did a great job keeping them in the game. They cannot keep the same offense moving forward. They're not going to win a lot of games like that. They just they got lucky. They got very very lucky that they played an even worse offense. But the run game is awful. The pass game is not creative, and a lot of things have to change. Win or loss, sixteen points is awful, and not scoring a touchdown till the fourth quarter is. Worse than awful. Things and, have to change for this offense. And, and I don't know if you heard in the press conference. I'm sure you were busy, but Brady pretty much t- he said to Byron, he's like, "This is the call I want to make for the touchdown." And Byron said, "Go for it." Byron didn't wasn't calling yeah. plays. He <laughs> wasn't. And when he did, we saw the results of it. I mean, it was mind boggling to the point where Greg Allman. I, I love Greg Allman. He was he's like a mentor to me, the one of the first guys to really kind of help me along in this business. <laughs> he's really held back when he's when he's live tweeting the games. And at one point he said, Oh, another first down run. I was like, Yes, come to the dark side, Greg. We've got yeah. cookies. <laughs> We've got cookies, Greg. And I was just like, again, like it's it's to the point where everybody, it, everybody knows it's coming. Like media, fans, teams, coaches, yeah. executives. Play, like analysts, broadcasters, everybody knows, and you're not having success with it. That's, that's the key. The They're not. If you're running it and you're getting eight yards per attempt every single time, I'm fine if you want to keep running it or running it on second down too, because there's that established credibility. But it just hasn't been the case. They are historically <laughs> the worst run team in the league, in, in, the, in the NFL, in history. So that's why Jake Camarda. That's why Jake Camarda has to be on the field all the time. As Leo, thank you for the super chat, says Jake Camarda is the punt god. I don't think people should be using that nickname anymore after uh, that yeah, scumbag, uh, yeah. <laughs> trash, horrible 
uh, Hunt Bills. Prince, maybe. Yeah. Or something like that. Hunt Prince, maybe. Or Hunt, before, Hunt. I think it was John V said Golden Leg. I like that. Let's Golden let's Leg's go with, good. Yeah, let's go, let's go with Golden Leg. But it was so funny, JC, because <laughs> on the on the live stream before the, before the game day itself, Josh Capo was on. I was talking with him. And we oh, put man. the over under on three and outs for the Bucks offense because someone in the comments asked, like, how many three outs will the Bucks have? And I set the over under at three and a half. And a lot of people were like, take the over, take the over. Then we moved to the four and a half, and people were still like, take the over. <laughs> that over almost hit in the entire first half. It's All just, right. it's, it's truly incredible how many times they can just keep going three and out without changing anything. They didn't do a damn thing that was different. From the first snap of the game to essentially, I would say the second to last snap of the game because that was actually a little creative with the with the K dot and touchdown there. So, uh, a lot I of had a change, man. I had a tweet at some point and it was like pretty much the same thing: running on first downs, um, not being creative enough in the in the with the play calling and um, no adjustments. That's the hat they weren't making any adjustments, Matt. You knew no. what they were doing and you made no adjustments at all. The only re reason this team won, the only reason this team won was because of Tom Brady and his heroics at the end and guys stepping up. Guys who, unlikeliest guy, like Scotty Miller stepping up. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Like, they could have, if they would have ran that earlier in the game, that no huddle, that hurry up, or just let Brady just do what he wants to do. Like, let him, <laughs> let him live set him free like it could have been a different game from the from the get-go so you know i i just i don't know um i got the win yeah. this week so I'm, I'm nice yeah that. a couple a couple people picked the uh pick the box dead I last the Rams. two and six <laughs> <laughs> um what's record the box it was yeah <laughs> it was funny after the game they showed a quick shot of uh brady and and byron hugging each other oh. like very tightly and it was a nice what, moment but uh, i can't help but think byron was like tom thank you so much for bailing me out <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, not bailed out we still get to talk to him on thursday and you best believe i'm coming at him with the first down run question again i don't care if he laughs at me calls it a fantasy football question yeah i, no, I he'll, he'll do that he'll do that awkward he'll do that awkward laugh what do you mean and <laughs> what's that just like he yeah he, he does he does the the very, very awkward laugh as uh, Amazement717 says, yeah, that hug said it all. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? A, a winning can can help shade anything, really. As bad as, as the Bucks were for, let's face it, 49 and a half minutes of, <laughs> of this whole game. Winning does cover up a, a lot of things like how bad the offense was for uh, a majority of the game. But hopefully scoring that late touchdown in the game going to, to first place can really uh, rejuvenate this team. And of course, now we got to talk about our friends at Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Look better, feel better, have better sex using oh. age rejuvenation. 
uh, testosterone therapy. They have that uh, peptide therapy as well and stem cell. Uh, John Gilmore and Scott Reynolds both speak very, very highly of it, how it's helped them feel uh, much younger. <laughs> so we recommend using it as well. Go to agerejuvenation.com and see uh, what they have in store uh, for you. Uh, Mike Reynolds here. Any relation to Scott? Probably not. Reynolds is a common last name. Yeah, we have a uh, we have a lot of um, common last name people uh, at Peter, oh, yeah. whether it's Allen, Reynolds, Hudson. Uh, really, just me and and case uh, me and Josh Capo are the the outliers. Anyway, uh, Bucks run no huddle torch the defense polls. We need to run and screen more so we can set that up. <laughs> I was joking. Pull out, well, uh, Daniel here. Byron will tell you that you don't see how they're improving. That's very true. John Cena, I said this as well. John Cena might as well be the, the offensive coordinator uh, for the Bucs. Um, yeah, me and, uh, or I should say, I guess the proper <laughs> grammar would be Paul Atwal and I were joking at the end of the game that because like they ran it so much, they ran it, they ran it, they ran it. They were setting up the long con for the play action on the <laughs> touchdown <laughs> from Tom Brady to Kate Otten because they just weren't doing it at all for the whole game. They saved Did it. Paul said that was an RPO too? He initially thought it was, but then we looked at the, the replay and the offensive line wasn't really moving forward. You know, they were more pass blocking. So he um, he rescinded the RPO. Okay. <laughs> so that's a wild play call. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Dude, that's what I was saying. Like, Because I was like, well, the Bucks. As much as they love running the ball this game, they can't run it because there's only 13 seconds. And if you get stopped, which, P.S., the ba- the Bucks are very bad at running the ball <laughs> in short yardage situations, you can't get them back up to the line. As close as they are, it would just be stranded that whole time. So they weren't able to, to do that. But they still ran play action, which was, hey, all right, finally. Take they it. didn't do it for the for most of the game. I'll take it. <laughs> it results in a win and it results in a happy locker room. And it results in a more, more enjoyable team to cover when everyone's not miserable and depressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie here says uh, that hugging moment made me want to hurl. All right. Hey, listen, they're, they both want the team to win. Though I am coming up with a theory that Byron Leftwich owes a lot of money to the mafia or something. And that's why he's... <laughs> Just like throwing games for the Bucks, whether it's the spread, which it was minus three, so it actually was a push, um, or maybe the unders, because the I I don't know the the exact stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Bucks are four and five, so they played nine games. I wouldn't be shocked if the under is like seven and two this season in Bucks games. I'll you have to I'll have to look it up later. You know what's funny? I saw people like towards the end of the game, they're like they're. People on Twitter were talking about, well, at this point, I'd rather the Bucks lose so Byron gets fired. <laughs> People were actively betting against the Bucks winning on that final drive <laughs> just so Byron could have <laughs> the potential to get fired. That's well, all- maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a perfect way they can thread the needle where the offense is bad enough that there needs to be change, but they still win the game because the defense plays well enough. Just like if the if the, the if the Bucks right fail now. if the Bucks fail to score twenty points against the Seahawks in Germany could Byron Leftwich still get fired like what if they win I don't know I don't know man the 14, Seahawks been 14, really good though this year like 14 surprisingly. To, to 7 let's say they win 14 to 7 in a just a weird ass game does that justify Byron Leftwich still keeping his job I don't necessarily know 
I just don't know who's on that roster. I know there's a few names, but I don't know if Bulls trust any yeah. of those guys 100. I I definitely a thousand percent think there's going to be multiple coaching changes on this on this off on this team come the off season for sure. Whether that's at special teams, whether that's um, you know offensive coordinator, some position coaches. I definitely think we see some we see a bit of shakeup. I mean, we got to remember Bulls was handed this team in March, late March. So he didn't really have an opportunity to, to make any change. It was already there. And obviously Bruce Arians wanted him to step in there. So all of his guys still had jobs too. So I don't think, yeah. I really don't think Byron gets fired this year at all. I think maybe there's an opportunity for him next year. Maybe he takes the lateral move. I don't know. Well, Bowles was handed this job, but if I had a beer right now, I'd be handing anyone I was with a, a Pirate Republic as uh, JC has the Take No Quarter IPA. You have that IPA that's in green right there, right in the middle. You also have the Long John Pilsner over on the left, or maybe you're right. Sometimes it, it changes uh, on, on StreamYard. And of course, the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian Wit. Uh, Pirate Republic is the official beer of PewterReport.com. We are huge fans of it. And you know, we, we've had the opportunity to potentially be endorsed by other uh, beer companies before, but we weren't fans of the beer itself, so we didn't want to really put our names to it. But this is a beer that we absolutely will and do put our put our uh, names on because it's a great beer. Brewed out of Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, they're in Florida now. You can get them at Lucan's Liquors, Total Wine & More, uh, ABC Liquors. That's where I get mine. It's a great drink. Um, Multiple flavors, just three, but the ones that we promote the most because you can get them in the state of Florida. <laughs> Make sure you have Pirate Republic beer soon. Celebrate that Bucks victory. Um, you're, they're getting into more and more locations, which is awesome. If you go to the New York, New York Pizza in downtown in Ebor City, they have Pirate Republic there. They have it in uh, multiple uh, bars and breweries and everything like that, including the ones in Midtown, which, of course, uh, walk-ons is where we typically have our pewter report tailgate show and pewter game day show we'll be having the tailgate show and game day show next week when the bucks play against the seattle seahawks it's the celsius pewter report game day show or tailgate show uh, presented by age rejuvenation also typically live at walk-ons this week though because the bucks are in germany they have a 9 30 game and uh, walk-ons opens up pretty early, but not at like seven in the morning when we usually do our game day show two hours before the game. So the pregame show, the going on eight o'clock, we'll be doing that live right here uh, on our YouTube channel from the comfort of our homes. And then I will be on for the Peter game day show when the Bucks take on the Seahawks. That'll be going on at 930. So pregame show eight o'clock. The in-game show, 9.30, both in the morning. Remember, they're playing uh, in Germany, so it's an early game. So you, you, you can watch the Bucks hopefully win and then uh, enjoy football for um, the rest of the day. Yeah, walk-ons, uh, beers, breakfast, Bloody Marys. Yeah. Bucks, maybe, who knows? I mean, 9 o'clock in the morning, why not? I'm down. Bamboozlement. <laughs> that would be another <laughs> one, the way that uh, this game went today but uh jc as we wrap up here just one last takeaway what's the biggest thing you'll remember from this game is is it is it easy enough to say that it's the the last second comeback or maybe just the fact that 
this team still has hope. There's still positivity in there. And, um, Hey, this team never gave up, which I think that's something very, uh, you know, commendable to say. I think all those things, I have a few things. I think the defense really showed that they can play, um, really well, uh, even missing guys like Antoine Winfield jr. That guys step up as they start to get healthy. I think Kate Otten cemented himself as tight end one, uh, going forward on, on the season. I mean, if Gronk comes back, I mean, he slides yeah. into that tight end two role, but he's tight end one. If Gronk doesn't come back. And I, I think that I want Tyler Johnson on the active roster and Brashad Perriman cut. I think that was a, a takeaway for me as well. Sorry, not sorry. Rashad White needs to be the starter. Rashad White needs to be the starter. Every time he touches the ball, like good things happen. And with Leonard, it's just not necessarily the case. So I, I've said it before. I want it 50-50 in terms of the snaps. I don't know if we'll get it. I want more creativity. Loved what I saw from the Bucks defense today. And again, you know, we got asked during the week, like, what's the vibe in the locker room right now? And I said it, you know, it's two things. One, there's well, ghost town sometimes. I still think the guys genuinely believe in each other and there's still positivity of that. We can turn it around, but the, there's also this like, oh man, here we go again. Like another, another bad moment. So I think this team again, just needs to just stay the course, change things on offense. I think that goes without saying, but they have the talent to beat anyone in this league. They just haven't put it together for, a sustainable time. So hopefully next week against the Seahawks is when they, they really do it. Cause if, if they can just start clicking a little bit, they will be a huge issue for any team that they play against. They just, they have to do it. They just have to do it um, themselves. Common sense. They says, Matt, we got a Cowboys running back situation. You know what? You're not too far off. The Cowboys obviously have Zeke, but a lot of people say that Tony Pollard is the better running back. We're getting very close to that with Leonard Fournette and Rashad white. I want more more attempts for Rashad. I want Vaughn. less Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> two was too much for, for Keyshawn two Vaughn. Too, I remember he much. first came on the field, and we were like, oh, like Bucks. You got like five pony. yards. Tough carry. Well, it's funny because Paul and I were like, oh, is uh, is Rashad White going to be on for this drive? It was the second series, so I was like, ah, probably not just yet. And like, oh, Rashad White is, uh, is in the backfield. They went the pony setup with two running backs. Like, yeah. with – all right, he's on the field with – Keyshawn Vaughn, what? And Keyshawn Vaughn got the ball, like with with shot White on there too. So, um, yeah, that was a little surprising. But we'll see if the Bucks change um anything up for their next game. I will when say, they play the Seahawks in Germany. I will say about Fournette is that utilizing him in the past game, he's very very good. He's very effective in the passing game. Mm-hmm. It's just a running game. And even Tony Romo said it, you know, he was di- diagnosing the play. He's like, he was supposed to cut here, but instead he cut here. Strange decision yeah. by him because he would have had six, seven yards on that play. And you look at the, the replay and you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, he would have had, you know, and that's the thing I think that he's just not hitting his, his vision. It's, it's more of his vision than its speed, I think, Matt. Yes, I, think I agree. His, 100%. his speed is not there, <laughs> but it's his vision unattacking holes and it's it's night and day comparison when you get Rashad White in there very very true uh so that's gonna do it for us for today's show we'll have a podcast (laughs) tomorrow at four o'clock we'll have roll call as well where the pewter people tell us where you're watching the show from and it'll be a victory Monday the first time in four weeks that there is a uh a victory Monday so stay tuned for that hopefully get used to it we shall we shall see Uh, Thanks again to everyone for watching. Appreciate it. Make sure you like and subscribe to Pewter Report TV. 
For JC Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching everything today. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. What a win. Out. Out.